Hi guys and welcome back to Midday Match with Livy. Clearly I am fucking Livy. You guys, let's get into it immediately. If you're watching the YouTube version, you're like, Livy, you're not in studio. Like what happened to that studio we were talking about? All those things. So I did go in yesterday to film this entire episode. This is my second time recording this episode and I get the footage back. What the fuck? I literally look at the footage. I've never been. It was just like it wasn't even focused on me. It was focused on the wall. Um, whatever. I have engineers in the studio with me and it's just clearly there was like a miscommunication or something. But like this is a heavy fucking episode. OK, let's get into it at this point. It's a heavy fucking episode. I talk about my father. Ew. I never talk about that man, but whatever. So to re-record this bitch is a little bit exhausting. And I didn't mean to start the ne- the podcast off on like a negative note, but I just, for everyone watching on YouTube, I want you to know why I'm not in studio right now. It's because I fully filmed it, got the footage back, and I was like, I'm not putting this out. Like I'm not... Minte Matcha is my heart and soul. I've been doing this podcast for almost three years at this point. I'm not going to put out half-ass, whack-ass content for you just to get it out there. No, we're going to refilm in the comfort of my home, <laughs> like back with the OG days. If you're like an OG listener, you know it literally was always filmed at home in my apartment. That was my studio because I'm not going to put, half, put out half-ass stuff out there. Like, I'm just not going to do that. And I felt like a bitch in a way and I was like but that's okay if I have to feel like a bitch but then I have to be a bitch and that's fine with me because like for instance I was my management books everything that I do and so it was just me going back and forth like with my management and they're going back and forth with the production studio and I'm like no no figure we have to figure something out because this isn't going up I'm gonna reshoot this today I'm I'm not putting half-assed content out there for you guys because like I worked my ass off too hard to just put out half-ass content out there. So that's why I'm not in studio. I was yesterday. Now I'm not. We're back here, bitches, and that's fine. Let's get into my week intro. Did we hit a million on TikTok? Like the last time I talked to you guys, I was like, oh my God, we're about to hit a million. We hit a million one, bitches, like a million point one. I cannot believe that. Blessed to say the least. Bless up. Uh, What? I've literally never said bless up. So I there will never be words for how I feel about hitting a million like that's just an insane number. I don't think that'll ever feel real to me. Makes me super emotional, like literally spent hours bawling my eyes out, worked my ass off for this. And it's just like a dream of yours that like comes true. And that's what this is like 100% just a dream I've had for so long to have a million on TikTok. And it's just like it's here. It's here and it happened. Like that's just insanity. So I don't even know. I have all my best friends coming in next weekend. We're having a huge celebration. We're having a huge party. Literally, so many people are flying out for this like party that we're celebrating together. And it just makes me realize like how grateful I am for my friends. Like also, I just got like so many flowers and like so much stuff from all of my friends that I'm like, I literally have the best people in my life. And I curated what I handpicked every one of these motherfuckers to be in my circle. And like, I don't know. I'm just so like proud of myself because I've definitely had to cut a lot of toxic and negative people out of my life to like get where I am right now and have the group around me that I do. But like I do have a small circle (laughs) emphasis on small circle, but I'm so grateful for them in my life. And words can't even describe like how grateful I am that everyone's coming out to celebrate me next weekend. But at the same time, just like the flowers, the love, just the love I felt from everybody 
not even just friends, you guys too. Like I see my DMs. If I don't respond to them, I'm sorry. I'm working on it. I have to be better. I know I do. I'm so sorry. But it's just insane. And I'm so grateful. I'm, this is crazy that this is my life. So thank you. Not only did we hit a million, we hit a million one motherfuckers. So that's like a million and a hundred thousand, which is, there will never be words for that. There will never be words. So that is that. Also, you guys, I've been going <laughs> fashion week. I'm a fashion week girly now. No, I'm actually not. So I went to some of my first events this past week because with this influencer world, you have to show face at these events. And I realized I don't like events. Like I don't really like the influencer world as much as I really do like this. Like I love talking to you guys. It feels like we're just chit-chatting. I love making my TikToks every day. I love creating the content. I love coming up with a new series and stuff like that or like vlogging and stuff. That is what I love and watching the numbers grow. That's like what I get off on. What? But no, I do get off on what? Like, but you know what I mean. Anyways, I don't really, I'm not into that influencer world. Like I'm not into the parties and like meeting all these people and stuff like that. I'm actually really introverted, which is like insane because I am an extrovert, but I'm extroverted and like, I'm I'm just like a bold ass motherfucking bitch, but I'm introverted at the same time. Like I love my bed. I need like my recharge time. I love being alone. And I think nobody would think that from me. I think everyone honestly does think that I'm just like railing lines of cocaine every single weekend and just like getting blackout drunk. I don't know if people think that, but I think that's what like my personality kind of screams. And like, I'm not. Let me tell you guys, I'm not. I'm like in my bed ordering sushi, watching Love is Blind on Netflix. Like those are my recharge moments. So I don't know. I'm an introvert for sure. But if I... I will be extroverted. Like if I go to an event, I will be extroverted. I will talk to people. But the influencer world, not for me. It's really not for me. I like this shit a lot more. Like just recording the podcast, talking to you guys and like growing a career. That's what I really like. I don't know, guys. The influencer world to me feels really fake. Like it just feels very superficial. And I'm like, I don't really fit in on that. Like I just don't. And it's that's okay. Also, I really view myself as like a comedian and like an actress because that is what I'm trained in and that's what my passions are. So it's like it's even weird for me to be like, I'm an influencer. Like what? bitch? What? But I am. (laughs) I am like that is my job title. It is what it is, guys. Also, if you see my lights flickering on YouTube, that's my dead friend. She's just saying hi. And if you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's been doing it all week. Like, it's just like a thing. So I'll be on FaceTime with like my sister or even like Tim will be over and he'll be like, oh, hi, girly, because he knows like she's trying to talk to me right now. So if you see my lights flickering on YouTube, it's just my dad friend. Don't be aware, like alarmed or anything like that. But with my whole world changing, everyone's been asking me like, it's so funny because they'll go up to my sister and be like, do you look at her any differently? Because she has like a million TikTok followers now. And my sister's like, what the fuck? No, like that's my sister. And so many people are asking me like, do you feel like you've changed since you've hit the million? First of all, no, it's a number. I think that'd be absolutely insane if I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like it, uh, so much has changed. Like, like, yes, so much has changed. But at the same time, I think it'd be crazy. Like, yeah, like I'm just like that. Like is what it is like a million yeah like mm-hmm. like it's just a fucking number I'm still the same person I don't care how many followers I have I'll probably always be the same Livy 
I'm definitely gonna be like elevated versions of myself once because I make a lot more money but it's I'm still gonna be me as a human being like it'd be fucking weird if my sister was treating me differently because I had a million on TikTok I'd be like okay that's pretty fucking weird but like that's like my friends and my sisters they all get that question like do you look at her any differently it's like no it's a fucking number on the screen if they looked at me any differently I'd be like what is wrong with you guys but you know who does look at me differently and treats me differently my mother I say this all the time. She's the biggest cloud chaser. Now she has brunches with her girlfriends and they sit and they watch my TikToks. My mom asked me the other day if I could shout out one of her friends on my TikTok. I said, what the fuck? I said, in the midst of a story time about me doing anal, you want me to be like, and hi, Susie, how are we doing today? And that is the story time of how I did anal. Like, no, mom, I'm not. This isn't cameo. Like, I'm not shouting out your friends in the midst of my fucking TikToks. What do you think this is? Absolutely not. But they sit at brunch. They watch my TikToks. My mom calls me every day being like, you're like before the million. Like, I would say the week before the million is when she got invested in my life and like my career, specifically just TikTok. And she was like, Liv, like you're at 9.72. And I'm like, OK, OK, like like giving me the numbers, like stats like this. And I'm like, OK, whatever. Also, she's been telling everybody all my secrets. I've made a TikTok about this. She tells everybody who Brad is like, you can't be doing that or she if I talk to an athlete and I tell my mom what athlete it is she then starts rooting for him she's then like rooting for him on tv like woo and I'm like mom it's never it was never that serious like why this he's you don't have to be a fan of him like this is fucking creepy but then she also tells people oh like Livy's talking to this guy or like Livy's talking to that guy or Livy's been dating this guy and it's like mom what the fuck is wrong with you like I don't want people knowing all these facts and information about my life like the bigger I get and let's say people like give a fuck about like who I'm dating and stuff and it comes out. I know it's my mother who said it. I know it's my mother. But my mom actually inspired this week's episode because I talk about my mom on my TikTok all the time and we have a really special relationship like she's one of my best friends so I want to sit down and explain my family dynamic to you guys and like my upbringing because I think that will make a lot much more sense in my TikToks and who I am as a person I think that'll really help you guys and I know there's a lot of people out there because I've like mentioned briefly like I don't have a dad and that's okay you don't need a dad anyways or like a mom what okay but like what I'm trying to say is toxic family members you don't need those people in your life and I want to talk to you guys about like my upbringing my childhood and like my life so far so I get a lot of dms when I talk about like not having a father from you guys being like oh my god like saying that makes me feel so good and stuff like that so it's like I want to talk to you about my upbringing and my childhood and stuff and I just think you'll get like a better idea of who I am as a woman so let's go into that I grew up in what I call white suburbia like I grew up in a picture perfect town, a super rich neighborhood. Everyone was so happy. Everybody, like I always say this, they put on the best Christmas card version of themselves to the town. Like nobody had problems. Everybody was the happiest that they could be. And nobody had any problems. Like it was rare you would see a family be anything other than perfect. Like my town was obsessed with who had the highest ACT score. Like they're dropping five grand on ACT tutors. Like if you didn't belong to the country club, what the fuck were you doing with your life? Like it just was a very superficial town and it was white suburbia. Like there was no diversity and it was just a very sheltered town to say the least. So and like everyone's main concern was like, where are people going on spring break? Like, are you going to Europe or like where are you, Mexico? Where are you going? Like it was always that big thing where it's just superficial. I grew up extremely 
privileged. My family was very wealthy growing up and that took a turn for the worst and you'll hear about that. But yes, I did grow up like a spoiled brat because I lived in this town. I mean, everybody in that town kind of grew up like that. That was kind of like a, a theme. But you'll you'll hear later on like how my life changed drastically. But at that time of my life, I was still living with my father. So I lived with my father from when I was a baby, like whenever I popped out of my mom's vagina until 16 years old that my dad was in my life for that long. He is not currently in my life. And we're going to get into why we cut that motherfucker off. But my dad, a little about him was my dad made a shit ton of money, right? But my dad was also extremely, extremely abusive, emotionally abusive, physically abusive, he had a drinking problem. He's a narcissist. He's not a good guy. That's how I just kind of categorize that to anybody I tell. Like, he's just not a good person. And he's someone that I chose not to have in my life for a specific reason. Living in that house that I lived in for 16 years was hell. Every single day was complete hell. I, my sisters, my mom and I, we all walked on eggshells every single day. We were all terrified of like to be in that household to like piss this man off, like God forbid, but he would go psycho. It was really scary actually. And so I grew up in a household that was extremely toxic with, and I just felt like every day I was with in my like fight or flight, like I was in survival mode every single day and it was really bad. And I'm not going to get too deep into it because like I, you guys don't need to know like the specifics of the abuse because like that'll just be a four and a half hour episode. But it was a really toxic and negative environment to grow up in. What I will say is that you have to be a special kind of asshole and a special kind of abusive person for your daughters never to want to speak to you again. So that's a little bit about my dad. I don't talk about my dad because there's really nothing to talk about. That man's not my dad. So we'll get into that deeper in the episode. But that's just what I grew up in, like a really horrible, toxic household. So let's get into how we left the house because that is something that was really needed. So things started to get really bad when my dad lost all of his money. So he went from making all this money to making absolutely no money. And that made everything 30 times worse. That made the abuse worse. That made the narcissistic tendencies and traits 20 times worse. That made just every, the drinking 20 times worse. That just, it just every day felt like a challenge to get through. It was like, it was so unbearable to live there. It was so horrible. I've never felt so much hatred towards somebody in my entire life. Like I did not like that man. I hated that man growing up. He was terrifying. He was an asshole. He was a like it was so horrible growing up in that household because you're constantly in survival mode. But one thing that I will say is When I was 16 years old, I sat my mom down and I said, listen, it's only going to get worse. And like, if you don't leave and we don't leave, I don't know if we're going to make it. Like me personally, if I go to college or when I go to college, I'm never coming back. I'm never seeing him again. I will do anything in my power to never see this man again in my entire life. And... I sat her down and I said that and my mom was like, I know, I know. At the time, my mom was so completely 
lost. Like she, my mom, okay, I mean, she hates that I say this. My mother was a trophy wife. Like my mom was a trophy wife growing up until she started her Pilates business. The woman was a trophy wife. She was a gorgeous woman. Her, like she was a stay at home mom. She had nannies. Like she did the whole thing. She was a trophy wife and that's okay. But that's just where she was. But she felt as if she had no voice, you know? And that's something I've never had a problem with. I've always had a fucking voice. I'm always going to defend myself and I'm always going to defend the people that I love. But my mom felt as if she didn't really have that. And my mom is the most amazing woman ever. I always say I didn't need a dad because I got so much love from my mom. And I don't, I don't even have enough amazing things to say about my mom. I've always said that like my mom is like on this planet, in this earth for the specific reason that like she's meant to be a mother. She's not only a mother to me, she's a mother to all my friends, all my sister's friends, my cousins. She literally takes on the role of a mom so amazingly. And like, if you know my mom, you literally know this. She's like the most amazing woman. She's so loving. She's so caring. She's she's my world. Like that woman has done such amazing things for my sisters and I. And like, she is the reason that we are where we're at today. Like I my mom is everything to me and there's so much other things that happened in my life that my mom got me through but like just growing up being so loved by somebody did such amazing things especially in a household that was so negative and toxic I just always knew I had my mom but it came to a point where not only was my dad like abusive emotionally physically and all that stuff towards my sisters and I but he would just like scream at my mom non-fucking stop so it got to the point where like I'm 16 years old I hear him screaming I walk my ass downstairs I look at him in the eye and I'm like you can shut the fuck up like and I had no respect for my father because he had no respect for me like I that man was not a dad to me like he was somebody who lived in my our house paid the fucking bills but was so horrible towards my sisters and I and my mom and everybody that I didn't look at him as a father. Like, if anything, he was just the reason for like anxiety. Like, that's what I looked at him at. So I would get in literally I was like, hit me. I don't care. You can hit me all you fucking want. Do not speak to my mother like that because I knew she would never defend herself because she didn't have it in her. And I've always had that in me. I will always speak the fuck up. If you're going to say something and be so disrespectful and rude towards someone that I love, my mother, like I don't fuck around about my mom so much, like I didn't care at that point. And that's where it had came to. Like, I don't care. Like, beat the shit out of me. I'm fine with that. Just stop fucking talking to my mom like that. Like, I don't want to hear these horrible negative things you have to say to my mom that are like, truly disgusting. Like, get the fuck out of my face. So when we were 16, my mom was like, I know we have to leave. I have no money. My mom was like, I have absolutely no money. I don't know what to do, but I know we need to get out. And I'm like, listen, we'll figure it out. We'll figure the money out. We've always figured everything out. But please, like, I'm begging you, get us out of here because I truly do not know how much longer I can do this or my sisters can do this or anybody. So for like a month, about a month, my mom was going and viewing apartments. My mom also had no credit score. Like my mom didn't have, my mom genuinely had really nothing. And she was like, I literally have $200 to my name. I'm like, that's fucking fine. We'll make it work. But my sisters and I, we had to pack up our rooms and stuff very secretly. So here's the thing is we were going to move, but we couldn't let my dad know that we were leaving because like all hell would have broke fucking loose. Like absolutely not there was like several times that like I would be in like a horrible mood and I'd be like well that's why we're fucking leaving and my mom would be like bitch don't tell him that and he'd be like you can't leave like none of you can survive without me (laughs) but we did anyways and so we had to pack up our rooms everything was very secret 
Like everything was a huge secret. And then one day, my sisters and I, we all stayed home from school. My cousins came over. Some of my mom's best friends came over. And we, while my dad was at work and we packed up that house and we left within like five hours. Like we packed up the entire house and we left. And it was one of the most stressful days of my entire life the fear that he would come home early from work don't know what the fuck would happen if he did that would have been like the worst thing ever but we packed up every single thing we had from my childhood house and we left and we never went back and in that moment when we left I was like we're finally free like I feel free there's a weight lifted off my shoulders like it just felt like that pent-up anxiety and like the fear of like living in that household had just kind of just washed away and I was like we can do this did I know how fucking hard it was gonna be no like but I knew we made the like the necessary step of getting the fuck out of that house and we did it it was terrifying but we did it and we left within a day and at this moment we moved from a five-bedroom house into my grandma's condo that because my grandma had a bunch of property into my grandma's condo that had only two bedrooms. So like I was sharing with my sister, my mom and my sister were sharing. It was like a whole thing. So we left and you would think it would be like all sunshine and rainbows and I would sit here and be like, and it was so amazing and it was amazing. No, that's when the reality set in that we were poor. I didn't realize how much money my mom didn't have. Like I knew she was like, I only have $200 to my name, but like I didn't realize that. So, Yeah, I guess I just really didn't realize that. Like I said, I told you guys, I grew up super spoiled and privileged. Like, I got everything I wanted. I was a spoiled fucking brat. Like, I was like, there's no more filet mignon on Tuesdays, mom? Like, what do you mean? We always used to do steaks on Tuesdays. She's like, Livy, we're poor now. Like, we, I can barely afford to get you guys fucking dinner in general. No, there's no filets. So it was a while for me to wrap my head around the fact that there was no money. So at 16 years old, I did have to get like a... I got a part-time job. I was working like 30 hours a week. First of all, I thought I was so fucking rich. I brought in like $400 every two weeks. And I was like, okay, (laughs) who needs a father when I got this bank? Anyways, but I did have to be pretty financially independent at a young age. I started working a lot. Like any job I could work, I was going to work because I, one, I wanted money because I knew if I was able to financially support myself as much as I could, it took a really big burden off of my mom, which was super important to me. And... At 16 is when I became, I would say the most financially, I just, I realized I had to be financially independent. And it's not because my mom didn't want to pay for me. It's because my mom couldn't pay for me. And there was no help from my father. Like, obviously we left. There was really no contact or anything after that either. Like we left that fucker and he was like, yeah, bye. Anyways. So like it was just my mom and my sisters and I, and it was a really, really rough time because I was a junior in high school. I spent all my free time working and I also wanted to help my mom out because I knew supporting me was difficult and like still having, because I was the baby, like still having a 16 year old to like get through high school and stuff is a little difficult, especially when she's trying to build her life on her, her own too and get back on her feet. And like, we're all trying to just figure this the fuck out. So from 16 to 18, my mother's favorite words to me were live. No money means no fucking money. And I won't lie. That took me a while to like wrap my head around the fact that like we didn't have money. But 
my mom always figured something out. So like my mom paid for the necessities. My mom put my sister through college and she paid for like all my second city classes. My aunt, And she took help from nobody. She always found a way. She always found a way for those things like the necessities that we really needed and like to like to get food on the table, things like that. My mom always found a way. But like for a while there, we were driving cars that would like smoke in the middle of the highway kind of thing. And like we were very financially independent at a young age because we didn't really have a choice because like everyone's trying to build their life back up. But for me, what this did, it was like it just snapped me into a reality I needed to be in. Like I am forever grateful for the fact that like I Like I did grow up privileged, but I'm grateful that like I had this moment of my life where it was like no money means no fucking money. If you want something, you have to work for it. You know what I mean? Like get your ass up and work. You're 16 years old. Get a fucking job. Help out around here. Make some money like that's what you're going to have to do to survive. And it definitely created the work ethic that I have now. So I am grateful that that happened to me. And I'm grateful that I'm not that spoiled brat that I once was because like I grew up in a privileged town. I grew up fucking privileged. So I am grateful that that did happen. But I will say the hardest adjustment wasn't the money. Like, fuck that. That's just money. The hardest adjustment was living in a house with my sisters and my mom where we didn't have to be on eggshells anymore. We didn't have to be in a fight or flight instinct. Is that it? Instinct? Whatever. We didn't have to feel like we were in survival mode 24-7. And that was a really big adjustment like we always lived in a constant state of distress our whole lives because of my father so tensions were high leaving and like we had to learn that we weren't in danger anymore and we didn't have to act out at each other we didn't always have to be so defensive towards each other or anything like that and I will say that was a very difficult thing to to learn you know to learn that we're okay like we don't need to we don't need to be anxious anymore. We don't need to fight with each other. We don't need to be defending ourselves so heavily because we're, he's not here anymore. We're okay. We're safe. It's okay. And I think that was that took like a year, a year and a half to two years for me to be like, okay, we're okay. We're safe. We'd I don't need to be on this constant state of fucking survival mode. I'm okay. I don't need that. So yeah, I will say... That took years, I would say, for not only me, for my sisters, my mom. I say we still have little outbursts here and there where we get super defensive and stuff like that. And then my mom's like, you're acting like your fucking father's here. And we're like, oh, okay, sorry, my bad. Like, And we like snap back out of it. We're like, oh, my bad. I'm like, so sorry, sissy, I didn't mean to call you a dumb cunt at Christmas Eve dinner. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, stop acting like that. Like, there is no high tensions. And my mom like always keeps us in place. She's like, you're fine. You're fine. And it's like, okay, she's right. We're fine. So I would say 16 to 19 were some of the hardest years to learn to like, I'm not always in survival mode anymore. And that if I wanted something, I was going to have to work my ass off for it. And like, there was no one, there was no money and I had to support myself. So yeah. But like, I, I would say, and that's what created this work ethic that I have now. Like I never didn't have a job. And like, even when I was 20 years old and everyone was in college, I was working 60 hour weeks nannying. I'd literally wake up at four in the morning get a workout in go nanny at like six till nine and then I'd be in classes all day and then I'd nanny from like three to seven and then I'd go and do second city after from like seven to ten like I always had that work ethic and I always was working because I knew I wanted to fully financially support myself very very early on like I would say at 16 years old like if I could have done that at 16 years old I would have but like a bitch was in a bitch was in 
high school, whatever. But yeah, all through college, I worked everywhere I worked. And like that created the work ethic I have now. Like I've never been scared of hard work or never been shy of hard work. Like I'll work my fucking ass off. And that's just that because of I know what it's I know what it takes to get what I I know what it takes, you know, like I know what it takes to get what I want or not even get what I want to like have the life that I want. There we go to have the life that I want. And I'm totally fine with putting that work in. So it was a hard adjustment from having everything you ever wanted to like nothing. But like for me, the adjustment, I would say, which was the worst was obviously being like, we're not in distress anymore. So stop acting like it like was the thing. So but I honestly would not change having everything to literally having nothing because it made me make day. And I'm grateful for that. I never take anything for granted. I'm super like every milestone I have, I'm so grateful for because it's like I worked my ass off for that. I made that happen by myself. And so like I am grateful for that and I don't take anything for granted. So I am happy that happened because I don't ever want to live a life where I was a spoiled brat and I think I'm entitled to everything and grow up with like like just a ridiculous amount of privilege just because mommy and daddy could pay for everything for me. I don't think that's a realistic way in living. Like you got to work for your own things in life. Anyways, my family dynamic currently. Let's let's what's the family dynamic currently? Dad's back. I'm kidding. Could you imagine that? That like wasn't that funny. (laughs) Okay, I do not have a relationship with my dad. I do not want one. My mom is a great woman. She's a better woman than I'll ever be because she's always like, you girls can have a relationship with your father. Like if he wants to have one, girls like try. And I'm always like, mom, what the fuck? Like she always encouraged us to try. And I'm like, mom, no, I never liked him. Okay. He was never a dad to me. So when we left, I didn't feel like I lost anything, you know? And like there was times that I tried to make it work, but I'm always like, he's still that same dumb fucking narcissistic man. He was since I was three years old. Like he's still a fucking asshole. Some people don't change and some people are bad people. And that's not okay, but that's just something that I'm going to accept what's in front of me. If that's who you are and you that's who you've been my entire life, you're probably not going to change. And I don't really have room for anyone in my life like that. I always get the statement that's like, that's your dad. Like, you should like try. That's your dad. And it's like, first of all, you don't know what the fuck I went through. You don't know what I went through. One, two, my mother is so amazing that I didn't need a father. And I will always say that my mom gave me more love, just attention, my mother gave me so much that I don't feel like anything is missing in my life. I really do not. So I don't want a relationship with my father. Like I said, I feel like I could finally breathe when I left him. I don't want to bring in that stress or anxiety again. And like, I don't really fuck with him. (laughs) Like I don't, I don't want him in my life. I've built this life where I'm at now with just my mother, that's all I need. I have a great uncle. I have great other people around me, great other family. I don't see a reason to bring someone into my life who hasn't been there the past like almost 10 years. Like, and the one, and especially the fact that I don't fuck with this man. Like, I really don't. So I have no desire to have a relationship with my dad. I don't think I ever will. I always said, like, he can just watch me on the big screen. Because he will. And that's just that. I don't really want anything to do with him. He was a very, very horrible person. And I don't want that in my life. And I don't need that in my life. So that is that. And I have my mom and that's all I need for me. I also have, I'm very close with my sisters, especially Sissy. You guys hear me talk about Sissy all the time. 
My sister, Sissy, is my best friend. She is my whole entire world. I cry every time I think about it. I get super emotional. I'm probably going to get super emotional right now because Sissy means the world to me. I always felt like throughout our entire lives, we always acted as each other's dads. Like, I always just felt like, for instance, like, I moved her into college. And, like, when she had a really bad heart condition, I spent the week in the hospital with her. You know, like, I was the one talking to the doctors. Because my mom had to go home and work. My mom couldn't be there. Like, my mom was like, who's going to pay her tuition? And I'm like, I'll stay. Like, I'll stay. I was, like, a senior in high school. I was like, I'll stay. I'm talking to these doctors about shit. I don't fucking know. I'm like, I don't know. I'm moving her into her dorm being like, hi, yeah, I'm Livy. Like, meeting other parents. Like, introducing myself. I feel like my entire life, her and I have just kind of switched off roles of being a dad in each other's life. Like, She's helped me with all my business decisions. She is like she helps me with my finances. She looks through all that stuff like little things where I'm like, sissy, what do I do with taxes? Like my credit card. She helps me with all of that. And it's very much the relationship where like if I'm like, mom's so fucking annoying. This happened. And she's like, give your mother a break. Like she we literally talk as if we are each other's father. I'm like, sissy, give mom a break. You know, she doesn't mean that. You know, she's just a little bit manic today. Like we talk to each other very much like that. She was like a dad to me growing up my entire life. And she really taught me what it Oh my God, I cry every time I think about her because she actually just like means the world to me. But like she taught me what it means to like be a bad bitch and defend myself and not take shit from anybody because like you guys think I'm that bad bitch and I'm like, fuck this, fuck that, which like I definitely am. But like I learned that from Sissy. I got all of that from Sissy. Sissy doesn't take shit from anybody. She is the most inspirational person. Like she is the person I look up to the most and she she gets shit done and she is just the best. She's just like my world. I just my world. I there is no better way to put her. And my other sister Kaylee, I love her to death. Love her. Like that just like I ah, love her, but we are we're all really great now. I will say my mom, my sisters and I are like the best we've ever been. And I feel like every year we get older, it just gets better. And it's we've lived a life together. We've lived a life from having to leave my father, but also we've had a lot of loss in our life that we've had to deal with together. And it makes you very, very close. And so those women are my world. And I'm so lucky to have three strong, amazing women as my family and supporting like every step of the way and like I'm very grateful also I want to bring up the fact that like I'm in therapy and I've been in therapy for two years three years oh my god I've been in therapy for like almost four years because I didn't want to live a life where I had any hate towards my dad like I don't have any hate towards him I know I called him like an asshole and stuff but like that's just a fact um I never wanted that for myself so I took it upon myself to get into therapy to heal the abuse, the trauma, all of those things that my dad had caused me. And I had to learn to forgive him for everything he did to not only me, but to my mother and my sisters and everybody. I forgave because I don't see a life where I need to hold any anger or resentment or anything towards him. Like he was just a chapter in my life that helped make me who I am today. Yeah, was it a lot of fucking trauma? Yeah, babes, it was a lot of fucking trauma. But I forgive him for that because I don't want to hold hate in my heart because I don't need to, you know? 
I don't. He brought me into this world. Well, my mom's vagina did, but he also helped bring me into this world. And like, I'm grateful for all that happened because it made me the woman I am today. It gave me the life experiences that not every single 23 year old is going to have. But I will never hold hate in my heart for him. I just want nothing to do with him. And that's something I've just came to the conclusion of. Like, I don't want you in my life. I don't need you in my life. You weren't a dad to me. But I'm not going to hold hate or resentment or anything towards you because I don't feel the need to do that for myself. It's really not for you. It's for me. I don't want to have a heart full of hate or anything like that. I don't need to live like that. So I've definitely done extensive therapy. My mom lied about therapy, as we know. But no, I've definitely done a lot of therapy to heal myself and heal everything that happened and get a better understanding and just exercises. But most important exercises in like healing and forgiving and stuff like that. But most importantly, I would say it was to forgive. You know, I think it's a really hard thing to forgive someone who caused you a lot of trauma. But I knew me forgiving him would just heal a part of me that needed to be healed so like I forgave him for everything that he did and just because I forgave him and I didn't I didn't like write him a letter or some shit that was just some things that I did internally like because you it's easy to hate somebody but it's not easy to forgive somebody and like that takes fucking work so I was like no 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 I'm gonna forgive because I don't want any hate in my heart and moving forward no you will not be a part of my life but you're also not gonna have any headspace in my life. Like you're not going to take up any headspace. I'm not going to create generational trauma from the trauma you caused me. No, I'm putting a stop to this immediately. I'm healing myself. I'm becoming the best version of myself. I'm forgiving you for what you did for me. And that's just that. So that's how my daddy issues made me a bad bitch. Because I feel like there was two ways I could have went with that. I feel like we see the stereotypical like daddy issues kind of thing. And it's like, I can't believe you're not a stripper. And it's like, what? Like, you know, or like, I don't know. I feel like I could have let that like the hurt and the hate really take over and like ruin me in a way. But I decided against that. And I didn't want that. If anything, I let these problems, these the trauma and all that stuff make me the woman that I am today. Make me that boss ass, successful ass, badass bitch that I am right now. So yeah, there is no hate in my heart, but that's just the story of how Livy became Livy. Like it is, it's a weird story. It's like a town growing up in a town like that's really fucking weird. And, but it's just like, there was so much hidden, you know, like from everybody in that town. I mean, like, especially my family, you'd never think, actually, I'm sure everybody thought a lot of abuse was going on there. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I want anyone to know who's dealing with like a toxic family member or anything like that to put yourself first and don't hold any hate in your heart because it's only person that's hurting is you. And it's okay to cut out family members of your life when they're just not healthy and not good for you. And I know a lot of people don't say that, but like, it's true. You got to do what's best for you. So that's it for this week's episode. You guys can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at SheIsLivy. Make sure to rate the podcast five fucking stars. We'll be back in studio next week if I don't lose my fucking mind. But yeah, guys, I know that was a heavy episode. Feel free to DM me if you want to talk about anything. I'll try my best to get back to everybody. But yeah, it's a heavy and deep episode for me to put out, but I feel like it's necessary for you guys to understand a little backstory of me. But also just like if you have family issues, you're not alone. 
you're not. I've been there. So many other people have been there too. And life will get better. And I promise you it will. All right. I love every single one of you. Have a great day, night, evening, whenever the fuck you're listening to this. All right. Sorry. Love you guys. Bye.